Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Inside Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, g'day guys. We are live for the Sunday sesh, otherwise known tonight as the Alex Twal celebratory dinner for round 16 at Info, uh, Inside Fantasy Sports, where we wrap up all things NRL Super Coach for the week just gone. Uh, the show is also brought to you by the Standard Squeeze. Should be Alex Twal, really, but it's brought to you by the Standard Squeeze. Uh, the guys bring you products to help you drink responsibly and conveniently. I'm the Super Coach Brain, joined by the Super Coach Matrix. Maddie, how good was Alex Twal's try, mate? If tonight is a celebratory dinner, I'm on a liquid diet, and he's just eating a meat pie. This is fantastic. How? Uh, I mean, we've been taught like. Let's. Everyone's been talking about Alex Twile scoring a try. I think Tim Sheens came out in the preseason and said something along the lines of, "We're going to make sure that Twiley gets a try this year. We're going to do everything we can to get him a try." And he's got one, even though it wasn't a line break. Kind of just was in the right place at the right time and fell on one. Uh, his, but hey, not going to be. He's doing a. He did a Stephen Bradbury really. Basically, and um, David Clemmer was right there as well. Could have easily kind of fell on it, and he left it. He took his hands away from it. That was a late, a late teammate play there from David Clemmer. So full credit to him. Um, <coughs> bit of a bit of a weird week. Uh, you know, there's a bit of chaos, I guess, when we talked last uh, team lists. You're away for work, so I ran solo. But like that, there was just a lot of rumors floating around about certain players and a lot of laid outs and things like that that hit us pretty hard. So I know a lot of teams struggled to get 13 together. Um, how did you go in the end, mate? Uh, did you end up because I think you had a couple of laid outs that shoved you under the 13? Yeah, so like I did three trades to get to 13 after being shafted by Robson and Moses being selected and Ellie Katoa having, you know, a sore eye for a multiple week injury. Um, so yeah, so felt really good. Did three trades, got in Hamoli, Heinz and IPAP, which I'm pretty happy with all of that. Um, ended up running with 12 after Harry Edwards got concussed at training. So that sort of knocked me around a bit. Again, did everything I could, made all the right decisions all year for it. Can't be too disappointed, but probably a very mid to low score for me. Yeah. Bit of a yeah, a bit of a tricky one. I, I think nine twenty two isn't going to be as bad as you actually think it's going to be. I think it's 
uh, probably a little bit under par, but you probably won't see too much red. Um, got to mention, we've got a few guys jumping into the chat saying that Aman sent them over. Love Aman. <laughs> what a man. Um, welcome, guys. Thanks for thanks for joining us. <laughs> Stick around until I think Aman's doing his uh, wrap-up show, I think, in half an hour, I'd say. Usually does it at about yeah. 7.30, doesn't he? So. We'll, we'll enjoy the next 25 minutes then. Yeah, yeah. We'll do our best to keep it entertaining for 25 minutes. Um, I got 11.16 this week. So pretty good week, I think, in the end for, for me. I, I feel like I did a lot of the buy prep and a lot of the planning up until um, up until now. And, and I did have 16 available and obviously Harry Edwards made it 15. But I was lucky enough to then have Matty Dory's score drop off and then funnily enough, Ruben Garrick's score of 20 dropped off for me, which is wow. insane. If you if you thought at the start of the week that Ruben Garrick was going to be in your lowest scorers for the week, you'd be what a wild take. You know what? How good is Ruben Garrick going? He has averaged 90 the last two weeks. He's on fire, isn't he? Good form. Yeah. Um, the 169 throws it out a little bit, but we won't talk about that. It's just a 92 average, I think, if you do the math. Um, guys, for obviously everybody new to the show, every single Sunday we'll wrap up the week just gone. We'll talk all the winners and the losers from round 16. Uh, we'll answer all your questions as well. So if you have any, any questions about the week just gone or, or maybe you want to have a little bit of a chat about early trade thoughts, throw them in the chat. We'll answer every single question as we always do every single week. Um, and we'll talk about our thoughts as well. It's a little bit of a shit show, really, in terms of where our heads are at on a Sunday show, trying to think about what's going to happen maybe for the week ahead. You'll get more accurate takes from us on a Tuesday, but we'll do our best anyway. Uh, a few scores dropping in. Yeah, it seems like there's a few sub-1,000 scores, Maddie. so I don't, I don't know whether you're going to be that far off the pace. Uh, Fady with a 9.27. Paul, thanks for joining us, mate. 968 with 12 played. So I think very similar to you. Uh, and then shots with a 980 pre updates. Hopefully you can. And again, for anybody who has Nico Hines as captain, it's probably a good yep. chance he gets updated overnight <laughs> and you wake up to a bigger score. Yeah. And like it's not uncommon for him to get a 15, 20 point upgrade, which actually means, you know, 40 points to me. So yeah, that's right. Or 40 points to most. I think Nico Hines was 73% captain in the top 5% of teams. So, yep. um, and it made sense. It made complete sense to go with Nico this week. And and look, if you had Gutho as your loop or Manu as your loop, I would have taken it. Um, I still feel like that was probably the right play with your, you. You got the points on the board. You just take them. But yep. everything everything matched up perfectly for Nico to have a blinder today. And uh, he did. So on his birthday as well, no less. So oh, it was on his him. birthday. His birthday today up against an understrength Bulldogs team at home at points bet. Uh, after he's just been dropped from the New South Wales squad. So it was a bit of a shove it to, to Freddie this week. Um, I still don't think it was the right choice to, to not back him, but hey, he's shown him that he probably should have. So uh, And Mark, 1088 in the chat. Well done, mate. Good week. Uh, and had the week got a dog in his team. I think Jamin Salmon got 90 in the end. So yeah, very, very handy week and, and in top 2,000 overall. So probably see some forward movement there. Um. All right. Before we jump into teams and we'll talk about uh, all the scores, all the winners, all the losers, a bit of a shout out to the Standard Squeeze, the major sponsor of the podcast. If you haven't heard of the Standard Squeeze, go and check them out, thestandardsqueeze.com. You'll notice, Matty, uh, not using his – oh, there it is. Oh, he just finished his tin. <laughs> just, oh, speaking speaking of Steve Bradbury, a bit of a shout out to the, uh, to the great man's beer. How good is that? Uh, four in ones, guys. Keep your drink cold. Keep them hot if you're having coffee or tea in them. Act as a bit of a stubby holder, as you'll see. Matty's got his beers ready to go, as we always do on the Sunday sesh. 
Um, and then obviously if you, you know, you're somebody who likes to have a drink, uh, and you, you want to drive or you don't want to risk breaking glass bottles. If you're going away, camping, boating, whatever, um, there's your little plastic squeeze there that Maddie's got on the screen. If you're watching us on YouTube, so go and use the code insight 15 and it'll get you 15% off at checkout standardsqueeze.com. Uh, all right, let's rip into these games, mate. Cowboys yeah, 27 beat the Panthers 23. And I must admit, I missed this one. Bit of a chaotic week in the uh, in the brain household with a, a fair bit of sickness and God knows what floating through the house thanks to my son at daycare. So that, that was good of him to bring all that home for us. But uh, what did you catch from this one, mate? I'll let you probably take the lead. Yeah, so um, had some vibes of that West Tigers versus Canberra game a couple of weeks ago where it felt like a really ordinary game. And then just sort of turned on the, um, you know, one side was up. Uh, they scored field goal, a chaotic field goal at the end with about 20 seconds to go to throw it into overtime. And uh, it went deep into overtime, went like eight minutes into overtime um, before a try was scored. And, um, yeah, Tommy didn't looked really good. Uh, Kyle Felt scored some tries. Jamin Salmon looked good. You know, Targo, Drinky, and, of course, you know, what you expected with Dylan Edwards there. Um, there's a few, you know, Sonny Luke got 19, um, Hylam Lukey for those who still have him, uh, got 33, but yeah, just, um, it wasn't that enjoyable to watch until the chaos at the end. Let's just put yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, re- I saw replays of the game. Uh, I didn't watch the full thing, but I went back and watched the mini. I think it was on Foxtel. Um, that drink, that drink water solo effort at the end was special. Like this guy's such a good player and you kind of he got this reputation last year for being this kind of hundred or ten kind of super coach player. I feel like yeah. he's been a little bit better than that this year. I haven't seen too many of those really sub thirty kind of goes missing kind of scores this year. Um, yeah. I mean it's it's hard because he's obviously doesn't have the jewel this year. That's probably why he isn't as popular as he was last year because he had that five eight fullback jewel. Yeah, but, I um, ran him at five eight nearly all year, year last year. And, cracking um, Yeah, oh, look look eight hundred k drinky is. Out of your league now. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not picking up drinky at that price. Not a chance. Not with the Cowboys. I mean, look, they're starting to play better footy, but they're still. When when you're talking about fullback, you're talking about guys like Turbo. We'll talk about him later. You're talking about Tedesco. You're talking about Reese Walsh. You're talking about. I mean, even Ponga maybe comes into the conversation. I prefer him at five eight. Um, but literally so later on, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So many good options. Dream Bull has been great. Gutho's killing it. Like fullback is such a premium spot, and you've only got two positions. So I don't. You I, haven't even you mentioned Dylan Edwards it. yet. So, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Such a good position. So um, if you can get any of those guys in their jewels, and you can get them elsewhere, shove them elsewhere. I reckon because you're going to need those two premium fullback spots for those guns for the run home. Speaking of run home, we'll do a run home show. Uh, kind of players to target for the run home over the next maybe nine, ten weeks uh, leading into the end of the year to, to climb up the rankings. So stay tuned for that over the next week or so. We'll put that together. Um, just in this one real quickly, those position fillers kind of came through this week. Your Tyrone Peaches, your Jake Granvilles, your Griffin Neems, like these guys came and performed exactly what you wanted from them. Uh, Peachy 62 for anybody who held him for the duel. Granville 65. I think there's a, a few people running with Granville at the moment. The man who should have a flex position, if there is one, in Supercoach can play every position. And Griffin name. Bit of a cheapy option there, but uh, he came through with 54. And uh, let me ask you this, Matty. If you had Sonny Luke, what are you doing with him now? Because he's he's come through with another 19. He's going to yeah, be an AE gone. nightmare for you moving forward, right? He should have been gone by now if you have him. Um, 
look, maybe somebody like a Terps or, and I hate Turpin, but I think you enough somebody that's a little bit higher that you want to get rid of and get up to that four or 500K and just get somebody that you're happy to plug and play every week. Even Reed Marnie, someone like that. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree with that one. Um, I'll tell you who looked okay. Jenkins, that young winger. See, he yeah. scored 50 super coach points. Fuck, man, that guy's a beast. He's, yep. he, he looks like he's got serious potential if he gets a start there. I mean, it only takes one of those wingers, Taruva or Toho, to go down at the back end of the season and he could come into contention and be the perfect center wing downgrade to then free up a spot for a primo um, yep. or get the cash for a primo. So I'll be very interested to keep a watch on him and, and how they go. And um, let's be honest, if I played on the wing out there, um, I'd score tries. Um, yeah, with, with how good everybody is in the middle. Uh, yeah, look, it's not a hard job being a winger, I think, out there at Penrith. So. And I must admit, I was a little bit concerned when Nathan Cleary went down, thinking, hey, that, like, they, maybe these wingers are going to struggle a little bit. Um, Jack Cogger came in and did a job. He, yeah, I mean, he did. didn't light the world on fire, but he plays very similar to Nathan Cleary. Um, just a, a lot less experience and skill, but he was okay. Got his, uh, got his edges early ball. So you can't really blame him for that. So he was good. Uh, I see here you're not – I mean, the question is, are you looking at Isaac Tungo at 550K? Look, I think I've had a lot of moves in my centre wing and I'm pretty happy with it. But if I was looking at a guy right now, it would be it would be this man. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting one. I don't mind that. I mean, Penrith don't play 19, which is a bit of yep. a bummer. But at the end of the day, you probably have done enough buy prep up until now to, to kind of have 19 covered. You've probably been looking at 16 and 19 once that first buy was gone and trying to get as many of those guys in as possible. So This guy probably <laughs> yeah. doesn't like, – like he obviously doesn't pass it. So, um, yeah, he's going to get a good run there. No try assists for uh, Tungo, but also, you're right. Uh, and also, uh, unfortunately, Sunia Taruva is not going to get any sort of uh, good ball either from Tungo. So – Bit of a shame. Uh, we've got some questions, Matty. We'll, we'll roll through some questions very quickly before we move into the next game. Got cleaned out of the ears by my brother and more. Taken, taken. Hey, you better drop another four-pack off on the way back in, hey? Yeah, I reckon. Uh, Ian Johnston uh, is thinking Kennedy to Turbo. So he's got Will Kennedy in his team. Nice little pod. And uh, our boy Schuster to Payne Haas. Look, I, mate, I, if you can make trades like that, you, you're doing it. You're not even asking questions, are you? Yeah, 100%. Um, look, we're going to be talking about how good of an option Turbo is this week um, and how bad of an option Schuster is anyway. So, yeah, I love it. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh, fourth World, first time on the pod. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, oh, get well. Munster in and move Ponga down and Buller out. Yeah? Yeah. Don't mind yeah, that at all. I actually. like it. I think a lot of people, depending on whether you're playing head-to-head -head or overall, we know that Munster will probably miss round 19, but... At the moment, it looks like he's backing up. We'll see what happens next week. That'll probably be a good indicator of whether he backs up in round 20. Um, but, hey, if you've got Ponga there for the duel and you can get Munster in and you can get Buller out at the top of his cash, I don't hate that at all. And I was going to say, I've said it probably 100 times, but I've probably said it 200 times. Look at the draw from round 20 to round 27 for the Storm and tell me you don't want every good player from the Storm. Yeah, they'll be targets. Harry Grant, Cam Munster will probably be the two biggest, tar most targeted yep. players in the run home for sure. Uh, crazy praying Mantis is on. Uh, doesn't care what he scored this week. Twile scored a try. How good. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to replay that later when we get to the Tigers. Uh, yep. 
Paul Walshaw uh, liking the baller to Munster and then get Turbo later. I mean, I, I think maybe the one thing you've got to consider about getting Turbo later is the fact that he could honestly get to 900K after next week and become unreachable. Yeah. I'd rethink that. Um, minus 40 break even, now is the time to get Turbo. Otherwise, I'm probably looking at another bloke. I'm probably getting Turbo this week or not at all. Yeah, I think that has to be minus 41 break even. You have to consider that because he's going to, if he goes and gets another 100 this week, you're spending an extra, he's going to go up 130, no, more than that. He could even go up 150, 160K. So, uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on that one. Uh, all right. Uh, Daddy's Daddy's channel. Uh, I'm looking at DeBellin to Tino next week. I mean, look, is DeBellin really a sell? Look, look Daddy. Um, if you've held DeBellin this week, I probably hold on to him another week. Surely there's someone else you can get in for Tino. I mean, uh, if you if if DeBellin's your biggest problem and you want to get Tino in, go nuts because Tino's been great and he's a he's a keeper front row forward for the run home. If DeBellin's your biggest problem, you're probably doing a lot better than me. Absolutely, me too, me too. And uh, probably, right, like, I mean, you are so. <laughs> Mate, let's move into the next one. Hey, night 16, loss to the Roosters, 18. Pretty close one. Uh, I wouldn't say it was the Roosters' best performance, though, was it? It was Joey Manu's best f- performance, and that's what matters. You'll know what I don't care about, the Roosters. You'll know what I do care about, Joey freaking Manu. How good. And very, very high VC this uh, this week, I think. I didn't see the percentage. I didn't actually have a look, but a lot of people took his loop. I think he finished on 108. And or 109, and then everybody was expecting him to jump up with all those offloads. So up yep. to 117, you'd be pretty happy. And look, if I had Manu at 117, maybe I would have taken the loop too. Yep. Um, I had it on Ponga though at 95, and that was just a bit shallow for me. So I was just going to back yep. Nico in for that. I like I, I know it's Nico hindsight right now saying, but I did get a few messages, and I was just like, you can't bet against Nico this week. I was going to need probably 130 plus, even with a free loop. I think it was just the perfect matchup. Uh, like I didn't even know it was his birthday. I probably would have doubled down on it with 140 if I knew that. So, yep. um, but yeah, yep. look, I just, uh, yeah, it has a point to prove the Bulldogs have been fucking awful. So yeah, that's true. And they're not getting any better. Um, Nat Butcher, 87. He was good. Now, my two shouts on the pod last week, if anybody tuned in on Tuesday, I had three pods. One of them was stunk the place up, but two of them were good. Daniel Tupo came through. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Tupo came through with an 80. Um, so I mentioned on the pod on Tuesday, he was owned by 17 total teams uh, in the top 5%. So in the top 5%, that's about 30,000. Oh, no, no, it's not. How many teams is that? I don't even know what the maths is. It's way too late at night to worry about that shit. But uh, yeah, 17 teams total. So Daniel Tupo, 80, he played well, got a try. Uh, I actually don't mind him, and I'll talk about it a little bit later, but I don't mind looking at him now uh, as maybe that fifth center wing or sixth center wing option there because a lot of people have Jared Croker. Uh, A lot of people also have maybe uh, a Billy Smith, unfortunately, that we'll uh, we'll talk about very soon. But uh, Yeah, you're going to need to look to get out of those guys. And, and Daniel Tupo's bottomed out now at around that kind of low to mid 400s. So he's a watch. And Dane Gagai, who I also mentioned on Tuesday, got 80 as well. So double 80s for those boys. If you jumped on, good on you. Congrats. Bit of a gutsy play. Uh, but that's what a pot is. So hopefully people cashed in. Uh, the losers, though, good old Luke Keary. Uh, looks like he's got a fractured jaw from Dominic Young's boot. 
the Roosters are in all sorts here without him. Mate, I hope Sam Walker's coming back. I don't even know what they do. I suppose it's the answer is Drew Hutchinson and Joey Manu in the halves. Yeah. I hate Manu in the halves. Still, I hate it. Still 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 want to add Tupu, man. Yeah. I mean, look, this week, who did they have? Fucking Sandon Smith and uh, Luke Carey for 30 minutes. And, and, and Daniel Kubo still scored. Yeah, and they still scored 80. Who do they have coming up? They've got a tough run coming up. I haven't even looked, to be honest. Worth yeah, worth having a look as we go. Uh, now, I guess <laughs> Billy Smith, 38, right? You've got to get him out. I think he's done now. I think it, it's yeah. time to move Billy Smith. Maybe there will be more urgency next week with the Bulldogs, the Sharks, and the Tigers on the bye. I think that's probably the only thing that might save Billy Smith a week in my team. Uh, yeah. But if I didn't have those issues with next week, he'd be out of my team so fast. So not a fan of Billy Smith. He hasn't done much since he catfished us into getting him in round in his third game. Yeah, I've VC'd him one week, I think. So as much <laughs> as I talk about it being a good VC, uh Really good at picking VCs, which I'll tell you about next game. Um, yeah, look, yeah. he did catfish us. Hey, I'll tell you who hasn't catfished us, though, Phoenix Crossland. He is the worst hooker in the comp by a country mile. I, Argue with me. Am I wrong? I don't I don't want to jump out and defend him, but he's just not a hooker. And they've put him there. And I suppose he's had an opportunity and he's tried. I mean, look, there were multiple – in this game, I, was, I watched this game pretty closely um, because it was my VC loop game, so I was watching it. And there were about three or four opportunities where the ball was kind of played maybe 10, 15 out from touch. And Hastings was lined up on the far left. They had an, they had an overlap like that. You could s- tell that the whole back line was set up to go right to left. And Phoenix Crossland gets the ball on the fourth and passes it short side to the center who wasn't expecting it. And he did that at least three times in the game. I'm like, what are you fucking doing? Jackson Hastings was literally throwing his hands up in the air going, why are you passing the ball that way for? Go back and if you watch the replay, it happened at least three times in this game. I'm like, mate, surely your match awareness isn't that bad that you can't find your halfback from dummy half. Yeah, Like it was wild. And he did it a couple of times on the fifth as well. Just bizarre. Anyway. It, he's not super coach relevant, so we move on. I've had my rant. Also, How much- also if you're watching a replay, you're not watching a Knights game. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, unless you want to go and watch Manu take 400 runs and not pass the ball at all. So <laughs> you can you can go and watch that game. But, uh, hey, question for you. How much faith do you have in the Roosters now? Because I think, yes, we, we're talking about Daniel Tupo. We're talking about all these options. And Angus Crichton's bonding me out. Tedesco's about to come back and have a nice run home. Do you actually trust the Roosters to get it together this this year or are we trying to fade as many of them as possible? No, I'm off them. I'm not even looking at the Roosters as an option coming down the stretch. I They might scrape their way into the top eight. Um, I don't even think Cheese is going to come back and make that big of an impact. Um, Victor Adley coming back, I don't think he's going to make that big of an impact. I just think the Roosters are duds this year and um, I'd – don't think that their coach should be there next year. With all this talent, they shouldn't be this bad. But every week I watch them, and they are. So, Yeah, it just doesn't – I mean, look, Sam Walker's still out. No news of him returning. you got two makeshift halves at the moment. Tedesco feels like he probably has to do a little bit too much. If it were me, I'd put Tedesco in at 5'8". Let, get the man the ball. 
Just let, let him run the ball. Let Play Joey Manu at fullback. Play Tedesco at 5'8", so he gets the ball more. Why not? I love Joey Manu at fullback. Gee, I love it. He's so good. Like, And, and to be fair, though, uh, as a playmaker, terrible. Because oh, he just doesn't pass. Doesn't he just to wants be, to run yeah. everything. But doesn't the thing need is, to be as much at fullback. That's right. Exactly. And I think maybe Tedesco has a little bit more of a playmaking mind, I guess, in, in a way. So... Uh, that's what I do. But anyway, I don't care about the Roosters. I actually don't like them as a team, so I really hope they don't do that. Um, Greg Marju obviously ruled out last week for missing the bus. Hey, the the, the fun thing was he, he did miss the bus, but he also missed the plane that would have got him back in time for the recovery session. So no, I, I kind of understand why they, uh, why they dropped him. Now, the interesting news came out of this that it actually wasn't management's decision to stand him down. It was the team's. So the team actually decided as a group that he desi- he deserved to miss this game. So that's a really interesting take. I mean, is this a guy that's on the outer there with the playing group? I mean, if you've never played defense in your life, are you really liked by your teammates? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, isn't it? You're letting a ton of tries down your side. No one likes you. Um, I held him this week. You don't have him, so you, no. you probably have the advantage there. But I've only for one week all year, so... Yeah, the old in and out. Week three yeah. took the cash and ran. Yeah, yeah, the bank robber. Um, now, I guess the question then is, does he play next week? Because with, with numbers being so short, we're in some big trouble if he doesn't. And uh, I held him because I'm hopeful it's only a one-week thing. But if this becomes more than a one-week thing, I have to. I probably have to trade him and make use of that cash next week. I think it'll be a one-week thing. But there just seems to be a few alarm bells. Like, he was a fantastic footballer and then the titans don't sign him just like they just seem to be mounting up and it just makes me think i'm happy i don't own him um even though i see his scores and like absolutely destroyed me that one week um when everybody captained him but yeah look to be completely honest i'm just glad that i'm not there with all that drama yeah yeah well let's see what happens on tuesday hey i guess we can just wait um, two guys you're looking at, Angus Crichton, 450K, price is coming down, and Adam Elliott, 450K, probably price starts to come up. Uh, thoughts on these two guys? I know you're, you're pretty high on both of them. I probably won't look at Gus this year until he starts. Yeah. Um, or until. If he starts, I would look at Gus. If he looked like that he was going to go back to like an 80-minute roll or something, I would look at Gus. I haven't been that impressed, even though I looked at his score and he did actually score well this game. Um, but Angus Crichton, oh, sorry, Angus Crichton, Adam Elliott. Um, I know I'm talking about Angus Crichton doesn't impress me with his 55. Adam Elliott impresses me with his 56. I just, maybe, I don't like it's job, it's, don't That's like a job security thing, this. I think. Yeah. I think you're talking about the fact that Crichton's coming off the bench. We don't know minutes. Minutes are inconsistent. We don't know where he's, yeah. he is in the rotation, whereas we know that Adam Elliott's going to be the starting lock and he's going to be playing 60-plus minutes most weeks here for the run home. We played 69 minutes this week, uh, giggity, and, um, yeah, and just looked really good in them. Like, honestly, just the eye test, I was watching, I was like, gee, you know, grabbing my phone, checking what Adam Elliott was on, just kept checking it. Uh, this week, I think he bottoms out. Look, maybe he's just a consistent play for 50 every week that you got for 500. And you know what? He might have a 70 or something in him this week. Um, I got IPAP last week, been pretty happy with him. I think he's going to be a consistent 50 and 60, but has that upside to get an 80 every now and then. And I think that's what Adam Elliott's going to be. 
Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on, on both. Um, couple of questions before we move on to the third game. Fourth World is asking what our thoughts are and where Ben Hunt will play. Maybe that's more of a question for you as a Broncos fan. What are your thoughts? So I I love Ben Hunt. Um, yeah, absolutely. Just a ripper bloke and everything too. Um, met, him, met him a couple of times before. But the best football place for him to go would be Canberra. But I can just see him playing at the Titans or um, the Cowboys or something like that. Like went to school at St. Brandon's in Yapoon. So let's just say halfway between Townsville and uh, Brisbane, Gold Coast, all those sorts of places. Um, I'm not that confident that the Dolphins would spend the money on Ben Hunt when they've got this young up-and-coming 5'8", and they've been pretty happy with um, – uh, what is it, Sean, Sean O'Sullivan, O'Sullivan there? Yeah, yeah, I think the Titans are a better fit. And who doesn't want to live on the Gold Coast? I suppose if he wants to live in the best place and just play footy, it's going to – like you can live at the Gold Coast and play footy and get paid a million dollars a year. Hey, wouldn't you love that? Um, Townsville, not a great place to live. Canberra, not a great place to live, but better for his footy. So I suppose his decision is going to show as to whether he just wants to go into his twilight years make a heap of money, play heaps of footy in a great place or whether you see him, um, yeah, up north or, yeah, really far down south. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I, I initially thought Dolphins. I, I'm, I, I do understand what you're saying. And there's a few people in the chat here saying that they're thinking hunt to the roosters with the Kiri issue and the Sam Walker issue. The the salary sombrero is going to get a workout here and maybe Politis is going to get out his checkbook and <laughs> – Try and get Hunt over for maybe for the rest of the year. Uh, he was at a function with me the other day, Nick Pilatus. So. Was he? There you go. Yeah. Did he? Did he shout the bar drinks? Surely <laughs> the bloke's got unlimited cash. It, it was all you can drink anyway. He probably sponsored it. So there you go. Love it. Uh, Crazy praying mantis got Dom Young scored two tries and doesn't crack fifty. Yeah, that was pretty stiff. Um, but hey, what do you do? I mean, fifty's better than fifty's better than. He didn't crack fifty, but he did crack skulls. So. He he did he did. Uh, Hamo's asking, "How's your rivalry going with him?" Um, see you next week. Mm. Yeah, I think Hamo got eighty points less than me. I think he would have been mid, like maybe ten fifty, something like that. Ten low ten, like low thousands. Uh, Might have just pipped you, but you never know. Could be those updates that come in that get you across the line. Who knows? Eight eighty unicorn points. That's all we need. Uh, all right, a couple more questions in here. Uh, what's Mars use BE? Uh, I can very quickly check because he's in it. my team. Oh no, sorry, he didn't play for the. I had the Knights team up, he doesn't play for 34. This week, so 34. His BE's 34. So, I mean, he's an obvious hold if he gets named. It's, it's more yep. a matter of if you need the numbers next week, he could be in some trouble. I'm relying on guys like Matt Dory next week if Marju's out, and that's a big problem for me. So I'm going to have to make some moves, probably make two trades, but that's okay. Uh, Buzz, yeah, so Buzz uh, has said that he wants to go back to Queensland, Ben Hunt. Um, I was watching yeah. that interview earlier before we hopped on. so And that makes sense. It's one of those teams. Yeah, I suppose. But, like, I know the Cowboys are in Queensland, but it is a long way up. Like, it is nearly as close to Brisbane as Sydney. Um I think he might originally be from Rocky or something anyway. Maybe he likes living up there. I'm not sure. Look, I'd probably just – the Gold Coast, the glamour, 
the Titans. He would be like the king of the Gold Coast if he went there. He would. Um, I've seen people say that he, oh, he might go and play hooker somewhere. He's not playing hooker. No. He wants halfback money. He's not. He's not going over anywhere on hooker money. Like he, he'll want to run the team and he'll want to play halfback until he retires on his own terms. I think. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Eels, thirty-four. Dominated the Sea Eagles four. Like this game was an absolute like demolition. Like I don't even think the score does justice to how dominant the Eels were in this game. They could have easily put fifty on Manly. So I. He, I know I that probably uh, would be harder on Manly if I didn't just see the Bulldogs roll over. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, that is true. They're both on par for worst performance for the week, I think. Uh, Clint Gutherson, 132, puts up another big score. Just keeps scoring tries. Surprised it wasn't everything. more. Surprised yeah, it wasn't more. <laughs> excuse me. I think Gutho is getting a lot more involved now that Dylan Brown's out. I think he's taken a lot more responsibility on, especially down that left edge. And don't get me wrong, Dejan Arcee has been good, but he's no Dylan Brown. So I, I feel like maybe Gutho's just kind of gone, you know what, I, this is me. Uh, I'm going to put the team on my back here, especially with no Moses last week as well. You could see that he stepped up. So anybody who went with Gutho, you'd be very happy. I actually went into this game thinking that it would be a really good game. Just, I suppose, going, well, Moses is out, but so is Turbo. Like, just sort of matching up, just thinking Manly and the Eels were sort of that similar sort of ilk. But yeah, I don't know if the Sea Eagles were awful or Manly were just amazing, but... Gutho was the best player on the park by far, uh, not named Jermaine. So. Hey, before we touch on your boy, I, I, I've never been a Gutho fan. Something about him rubs me the wrong way up until this season. And I think more the more that I watch him, the more I'm like, you know what? The bloke is just so stupidly passionate, like red, head, like red hot kind of fiery passionate that you want a guy like Gutho on your team. You just... I feel like he's one of those guys where if he's not on your team, you don't like him and you hate him and you, you don't want him to do well. But when he is on your team, he's basically your favorite player. Uh, a bit like a Cam Smith if you're a Melbourne Storm or a Queenslander. Uh, you hate him when you're versing him, but you just, you've just got to respect how good the guy is. And I think Gutho is just one of those kind of tier two fullbacks. He'll never be in the Teddy Turbo conversation, but he's like a bit like Brett Hodgson or... Clinton Shafovsky, you know, there's guys that were just never kind of considered elite, but were always there and always did a job. So I think, you know, Gutho probably doesn't get as much as many chocolates as he deserves, but um, he might have won me over this year. How, yeah, but how far away is he from eating at the table with all these blokes? Like, what are the, the eels are, what, they're a top eight side, he's the best player on the park, your playmaker goes away and plays rep footy. And you put the whole team on your back and dominate. The guy's a gun. I like him. Uh, tell us about your VC, mate. Go on. Rip in. Oh, just Captain Jermaine Hopgood again. It's just what I do. Um, oh, sorry, Vice Captain him. It's what I do. Um, I straight seed him for 120 early on in the year and just Vice Captain him. Just I just have a feeling with the bloke. I feel like I'm just brothers with him. Not like the rugby league guru, though. Like they're their oh. next level bromance, man. You know yeah, that, that is yet, that is think. a bromance on like the uh, the brother in law or the step cousin or something. Yeah, the guy that gets invited to that one event every single year, and then everybody yep. you find out that everyone else is going to the movies together and they're going bowling. You're just not in that kind of inner core group. Uh, yeah, Steph, I speak from experience there. 
Hopgood 101. Simonson 92. He's actually improved over the last month. He actually looks really good at left center. (laughs) We were talking so much shit about him about two months ago saying that he needs to be dropped and he was awful, and he was. But it looks like this kind of left center has rejuvenated him inside my casivo. Yeah, look, looks know. great. Um, gets the pass ball to Stevo every now and then. Um, yeah, not an option now. Was probably no. never an option, but hey, let's give him uh, give him a few props. Not many winners in this game, weirdly. Uh, a lot of mid scores, I guess. Tui Pelotu 64 for Manly was the best of a bad bunch there, really, wasn't it? But I guess the losers, a couple of them come from Manly. Ruben Garrick, the popular one. No, 4% of people captain him. Straight captain. <sighs> That's yeah, a, that's, that's, that's Jason week. last week's points. Yep, that's just and Jason also he week. was he was also predicted in the Supercoach app to get 112 this week, and he was the highest predicted player this week, which is where everybody's gone. They've gone, oh, predicted 112. I'll throw the captaincy on him. So never ever trust Supercoach app predictions ever. Nico Hines was predicted 64 this afternoon. Yeah. End of story. Yeah, just don't believe it. Just listen to us. Ryan uh, Madison, yeah. 44. Ola Kawatu, I got him in. So did you, I think. Uh, yep. 47. I mean, look, we didn't expect big things from him this week, considering DCE was out, Turbo was out. Um, I'll take it. He covered his break even. It gave me a number, and I'm happy to hold him for the rest of the year. Is he going to be in my top three second row forwards? I hope not. Um, he's played pretty ordinary this year, but I'll play him on matchups. When DC is there, he's going to be fantastic. Yep, agreed. I got Ola Kawatu for the long-term play for the run home. <laughs> didn't yep. I didn't get him for this week at all. Um, speaking of greatest player of all time, Sean Kepi could be the greatest major buy-around player of all time. I think in the first buy-around in round 13, he got 68 or something, and this week he's got another 50-odd. Uh, I know Hamo uh, every single week is asking me whether he should trade Kepi. He's kept him from the start. And uh, it's one of the silliest questions I receive all week. You never trade the Hepco. So uh, he's been great if, as, a, as a number. Uh, one thing I'm really excited about, though, is Ryan Madison's going to start dropping cash for that 44. Is he on your watch list for the run home? Yeah, he's always been on my watch list. Um... Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Not yet. I, I hope that he drops more and you can get him probably sub 600 and then get him for the run home. But like right now, when, when I've got hop, great hop, excellent hop, amazing. Um, why would I do, I'm not going to change what works. I went 
when Ryan Madison come back, I traded um, Jermaine Hopgood out because I thought that he'd topped out. And then I ended up having to get him back. I'm going to need to see more from Maddo um, to just... I suppose I don't want to have too many Eels players. He's going to have to supersede Hopgood for me. I'm probably going to have to swap Hopgood to Maddo when I elect to do that. And the reality is there may come a time in the next month where Hopgood yep. would be the trade-out option. When Sean Lane's back, I mean, he was nearly back this week. I, I, I'm going to assume he's going to be back next week. Uh, you know, that means less edge minutes. I'm not quite sure whether they can... Uh, Ryan Madison should go back into the middle. It's There's just so many forwards in this lineup and just not enough minutes to go around. So I feel like maybe Hopgood's the, the loser. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm not going to... Um... I thought Hopgood was the loser last time. So until it happens, I'm not going to react. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair shout. It's probably you can cop a week or two of Hopgood getting sub-par scores. And if you think he's not going to be there or thereabouts, put him on your bench and just wait it out a week. You know, there, there could be much worse options, but you'd hate to trade him out again. You don't want to have to bring him back a third time, Matty. You don't, you don't yeah. want that for your team. No, uh, and Hopgood was the best option coming through these uh, th- through these three games with Lane out as well. So Lane's going to have 110 break-even. Um, I think there's going to be another 100 break-even for uh, Ryan Madison. Everybody else is dropping money except for Hopgood. So. Yep, yep, just ride the wave. All right, a few more questions. Valence Tavare, is he a buy now with Brenko Lee's injury? I'm not, I haven't heard much about Brenko's injury. If anybody can in the chat jump in and let us know. Uh, Which one? Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I think every single week there's something going on with this guy's lower limbs, hamstring, quad, calf, whatever. Um, I just don't feel good about jumping right now. But, I mean, if you need a downgrade at the center wing, it looks like he's at least getting bench minutes. The only issue with that is then he becomes an AE nightmare and kind of eradicates your loop option for the week. So, I mean, if you've already got Sonny Luke, who gives a shit? But um, if you want to use your VC loop for the run home, and it is valuable to use then I probably would maybe watch or wait until Valence Tavare finds his way into the team long-term. Uh, more questions we'll move through very quickly. Uh, <laughs> it's a good one from Mark Schuster. Won't need dry cleaners this week. His dinner suit never goes dirty. Uh, this is very true. I mean, Schuster's one of those frustrating ones, isn't he, where he just he's so talented, but he just relies solely on attacking stats. Uh, and. And then, like, I, I wanted to come in and just bag him out and say about how terrible he was and then update sort of helped him out and brought him back into the fact, like, I shouldn't just trade him out because he got 40. But he just looks like he does absolutely nothing. Yes, he will have 100 in it in him one game, but I don't want to own him for that. <laughs> yeah, have you seen what I've seen then? Anyway. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Uh, what are your thoughts on Carl Oluwapu? Because, I mean, he had a good game the week before. And uh, the, the problem the problem with Carl Oluwapu, I think, is that if he doesn't have Matt Burton there for him, he's going to struggle, which is exactly what happened this week. But, I mean, moving forward, is he, like a, is he an option? For me, he's not, only because he's in such a premium position. Yeah, look, I like to have premium halfbacks, premium 5'8s. Premium hookers, actually, and premium fullbacks. Um, you can't have Carlo Luapu without having poo in it. And, uh, yeah, he's been pretty ordinary. Yeah, I'd sell fourth world if you have him. 
sell uh, if, sell him now. We'll try and find some cash to upgrade to a keeper in 5'8". If he was playing for a good team, because I think that he's talented and I think he'll be really good, but if he was playing for a good team and there was actually points there, I would. But when you're getting pumped by 50 every week, is the upside really there? Probably not. No, it's not. No, not at all. Um, Josh, I don't know who you're calling hot boy. Probably you, Matty, I'd say. Yeah, I think I was talking about um about hot good there. So uh, yeah, maybe yeah, it's misinterpreted. That, that's me, so. probably what it is. That's probably what it is. Uh, yeah, price drop for Matto incoming cam. I'm watching very closely. Uh, and uh, Robbie Star reckons Lane might, might come back after the round 18 buy, which is also an option. I'm just looking at him on the extended bench this week and thinking, why would they put him on the extended this week if they didn't have a plan to bring him back for three weeks? Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll ease him back next week and then he'll have the buyer to have a rest and then I don't know. Anyway, I want to see him play 80 minutes before I even look at him. So we won't have to worry about that until then. Uh, Ian said, send us Moses for Brenko. Okay, so that's a that's a different story because that's a six-week, um, minimum six-week injury if it's surgery-related. Um, okay, maybe Balance Tavare becomes a little bit more relevant. Stay tuned for TLT. Maybe. Uh, Flanagan for the dogs, not a, no, not really a fan. I mean, look, obviously he just goes out of the team, goes back to cup probably, doesn't he, when uh, Burton's comes back in? Yeah, and look, I'm really glad that Flanagan got the opportunity and he looked pretty good today. I think that's all it is. Pretty much. Mate, let's move to the Tigers who, I mean, let's face it, they got bent over by the storm. But to be fair, 28 to 6, it should have been 50 to six the way that we played and the way and how good the storm were. I actually feel good as a tiger supporter for two reasons. Uh, one, because all of the tries were to like basically one player. I think William Warbrick scored four tries, got himself one thirty eight in this game. Um, we weren't leaky on the edges. Uh, it was just overlaps that got us. So we just don't like playing at Campbelltown, which is five minutes from my house. So, uh, it'd be, it'd be good if I could go to a game where we'd win one, but not, uh, not so much luck, unfortunately. No, um, look, it's it's twelve stadium now. Let's be honest. It is twelve stadium. They need to rename it for sure. Um, Can, speaking of, I'd, I'd be really happy if I was a Storm supporter. You don't have Munster. Um, you don't have Harry Grant, and they looked sensational. Yeah, they were good. They were really good. Um, clinical, almost. Uh, and look, obviously, there was a message that was sent by by Bellamy. He was very clear about what he wanted after he got trounced by the Cowboys that week of 44 to 20 or whatever it was, and they haven't looked back. Um, so clear message about defense being a priority, and I think they've let in a combined less than 14 points over two weeks. So yep. very clear message. Uh, so Warbeck 138, Sean Bloor 92. He's about 350K to RF only, which is the only downside for me, no jewel. Um, so he's played 80 minutes now, right? He's played 80, He played 80 minutes on the left edge. Yep. But the problem is, I mean, with my edge back rowers, I'm not relying on base. I'm relying on an attacking opportunity or two, maybe. That's why I got Ola Kawatu, because DCE can put him through a hole. Whereas my middles, I can take base, and I'm happy with that. I want I want attacking upside from my edges. And without having, uh, as, bad as, it say, uh, as bad as it sounds, Luke Brooks, Apicorosau is a massive loss, but Brooks on the edge, like it, it just doesn't look good for most of these Tigers guys. Um, and that showed the on the attack. weekend. Yeah, it stunts the attack, and I think I know we're going to delve into it. Um, so I'll talk about Bateman didn't look as good without without those two playmakers. You know, 
IPAP sort of grinds away and does his job. He might actually be the guy that's better yep. because, yeah, then with Brooks not there. Just a different sort of playmaker that probably suits his play style a little bit better. Yeah, IPAP does the harder work, the harder yards. I think what we found without Luke Brooks and, and a little bit of direction, uh, John Bateman kind of took it upon himself to try and get a bit too creative, got a bit too spicy with it, tried to do a little bit too much, forced a lot of errors. Uh, he was actually really poor on the weekend. So I don't expect him to do that two weeks in a row, but I feel like he forced his hand a little bit there. Um, speaking of someone who wasn't poor, Jerome Hughes, 86, he was quality. He had it on a string all night. Uh, and we've seen since Bellamy has supposedly had a word to him and said, hey, start running the ball more. You've got to you know, start playing your natural game a little bit more. He's looked really good. And um, I think if anybody looked at the matchup and the history from the Tigers, uh, he scored 300s in three games against the Tigers. So 86 is no surprise. Actually, his lowest score against the West Tigers, funnily enough. Yeah. So I think a few people bought him this week. Yeah, and he was a good price. Um, I think he was in the mid-500s. Oh, yep. there you go. He was late 500s. He did drop as low as 520 throughout the year. Uh, more of a draft player for me. Like if you miss out on those top-tier halfbacks, you're sitting there in the third and the fourth round and – and you pick up Jerome Hughes, and he's just a plug-and-play every week. But I suppose they don't play 19 either. Look, no. I've, I'm not too excited about Jerome Hughes. He is what he is, and he's a 600K halfback. Yep, on a good team. Could do worse. Yep. Uh, and the reason we're all here, Alex Twile, 69. Giggity, giggity, giggity. <laughs> oh, yeah. We would be doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't watch this try one more time. Last tackle, right on the goal line. Wakeham kicking out North Loomis. Way here comes Dayden. Scramble. Tigers. Alex Quill. Alex Quill has ended up with a ball. Oh no! Unbelievable! One small step for man. One giant leap for Alex Quill. How good. Got chills. Yeah, got chills. chills. Oh, oh, actually, legit got chills. That was good. Good value from Alex Twile. Good to get. Good to see him get over the line as well as a Tiger supporter, I think. Not even as a Tiger supporter. I think just as an NRL fan, as a football fan, everybody wanted to see it happen. So glad he got one. The floodgates have opened. Oh, Paddy Carrigan next. Mm, could be. A few of the uh, Sharks bigs got over the line today. Uh, we'll talk about them very soon, but uh, they were calling it the Twile effect in commentary uh, this afternoon. Yeah, right. As soon as the big man got over, everybody else has crashed over. So good on Alex Twile for the 69. Uh, losers in this game, David Clemmer, 34, Buller. Buller, 43. I mean, I, I put him in the losers column. I don't know whether I'm being harsh or not, but we're at a point now where his price has topped. So the the big question that will be on everybody's lips this week is going to be, what do I do with Buller? Do I sell? He probably walks into a 60 or 70 break even next week. What are your thoughts? I think with Turbo having a minus 41 break even and me not wanting to, I suppose, overplay my hand on these cash cows, I bought Buller for 200. He looked worse without Brooks and Appy there. I think it's time to just get off the station on this train ride that I've been on uh, rather than overplaying everything gets dark and I end up in a suburb that I don't want to be in. I want to get rid of Buller, even though I think he's great. I think that the Tigers missing these guys are going to be worse again. It's time to just get rid of him, 
Get Turbo at a minus 40 break even. If you ever told me that was going to happen, everybody would be on. Let's just go Buller to Turbo. Let's not overthink it. Let's keep Turbo for the rest of the year. Or make 200K and go to Trell or Teddy or, I don't know, Gutho, whatever floats your boat. Like we said at the start, there's a lot of options. And you've just had the best, I'm going to go ahead and say it, the best cheapie in recent history, just top out. At 700K, he's gone from 200K basement price to 705,000. Uh, I, I don't remember the last time we've had a cheapie like that make 500 plus K in like seven or eight games. That's nuts. Um, so take the cash and run because the Tigers, uh, one of the worst teams in the comp, their attack is awful. They're losing their captain. They've lost their halfback. It's just not going to happen. He's going to have to force it and do it all himself, and I don't back him to do that. And look, even if he does, are you that disappointed if you've got Turbo at a minus 40 break-even and then, like, if he covers his break-even next week, are you that disappointed that you hopped off the boat? If he scores 100 next week, are you that disappointed? You're probably not. You've rid the wave. If he becomes better than Turbo, which I don't think he's going to happen, if he becomes better than Teddy, you just buy him back later on like I did with Hopgood and swallow your pride. Yep. Got to admit your mistakes in Supercoach for sure. Uh, a question that's relevant for this game, Fourth World asking, what are our thoughts on Simpkins? Uh, we spoke a little bit about him last week. I I think he was a buy last week. Um, I still maybe think you haven't missed the boat. I feel like if you're in the Sonny Luke boat and you're watching him get your 15 to 20 every single week and you're hating your life and your AE loop's gone, Simpkin could be a good option for the next month, six weeks. What do you reckon? I think he's probably the best replacement for Sonny Luke. I know I said a 400k guy before, but I actually forgot about this guy for a second and he's not going to be 400k next week. So yeah, uh, get be, on about, about 260. I think we're looking at maybe 270. So still not bad. You can pay 50k, go and grab him and just use your, use him as your second hooker until Appy comes back and then reassess. Um, just make Cam, sure you yes, have enough is. trades, I suppose, but I don't think this guy's going right. to be an AE nightmare. No, I don't think so either. Uh, oh. Until Appy comes back and he plays minutes uh, off the bench. Uh, oh. Yes, Cam, it is the new podcast intro. Did it up this afternoon. Very, uh, very happy with it. Uh, go, you can go and check it out at the start of as well of the episode uh, once the live's done. But yes, it will be. Can't you're going to get to listen every single time to Alex Twole scoring a meat pie? Uh, what was it? One small step for man. One massive step for Alex Twile. Something like that. Yeah, that's going to be iconic. Uh, this is good. Mentionable. Robbie Starr. I'm low-key looking at IPAP like an oversized girl walking past Maccas. Mm. So is that is that like you know you shouldn't go into Maccas, but you're going to have that ice cream anyway, but you're on a diet? Is that is that what he's saying? Like he doesn't want to go to IPAP, but maybe he has to? Are you in Maccas and watching the oversized girl walking past? I don't know. There's a lot of... Um, there's a lot going on there. There's I, a lot going I mean, on there. you can pretty much say that maybe Robbie's interested in Isaiah Papali, which, hey, we just said that maybe he's the best option. Um, maybe him over John Bateman. Happier. I'm on yep. cloud nine. Yeah, I'm with him as well. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for subscribing, mate. Uh, appreciate you hopping on. And for anybody else who hasn't subscribed, rip in. Uh, just so everybody's aware and why we ask everyone all the time to subscribe and to like and to follow and all that kind of stuff. It, uh, it does help us be able to grow the podcast and be able to do cooler things with it. And uh, obviously a thousand subscribers is the uh, kind of point of monetization for YouTube. So we do appreciate the support if you, if you have subscribed and if you haven't, please do. 
And we don't do it for money, but I tell you what, if it bought me a carton every week, you'd have a better show. So, And then you could, uh, yeah, smash through a carton in two shows across the week. You'd be sorted. We, we think, call that a Tuesday. I was going to say, what's your record for most tins on a podcast episode? I reckon it's like seven or eight. I reckon it's seven. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Eight. Come on, don't give me too much credit. I, reckon I remember. No, I remember very specifically it was seven because – uh, after the podcast episode finished, I thought to myself, fuck me, it was a nightmare trying to re- rein you in during that episode. And he goes, I've just had seven, I've had seven tins. I'm like, yeah, okay, that makes a lot of sense then because you're a fucking nightmare. Um, but wouldn't have it any other way. And I haven't actually had a beer for like three weeks, so I'm uh, doing pretty well. It's going to come time, I think, for me to jump back on with you very soon. Uh, all right. We've got uh, no more questions, but let's rip into this last game. Sharks-Bulldogs. This was an absolute massacre. I stopped watching and I just watched Nico's score keep going up. And I hope he has some unicorn points. And I know 70% or whatever captain him, so it's not that big of a deal. But it'll make me feel better if I get a 1,000. Yeah, I think. I reckon he always finds unicorn points. Every time I haven't had him, I haven't had him for about four weeks this season. And every single time I wake up in the morning, I'm like, how the fuck did he get 30 more points overnight? He just finds them very easily. So, um, yeah, 129 for Nico. We, we called it. We said he was going to have a big week. Everybody else agreed, obviously, with the 70% captaincy. So good on everybody for taking the C. For anybody who looped, you can't be overly upset about that either. The only time you would be upset about looping 119 or 132 from Gutho or whatever would be if it wasn't a free loop and you copped an AE of Dory or someone's shit and Hines went on to get 180, that's probably the only yeah. time you'd be upset with it. Uh, your boy, Cam McInnes, 104. He's uh, <laughs> back on the map. That was glorious. Nico put him through that gap. Barely got touched. I actually thought he was a chance of going to origin more than Robson. I love Cam McInnes. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I just love his versatility. Now. Like, yeah. obviously, Robson's a better hooker than Cam McInnes, but if you need to play him in the middle, um, Cam McInnes is obviously better there and serviceable at hooker. It just depends what they wanted, and I suppose they wanted, I suppose, the youth of Robson as well. I don't even know how Cam McInnes, how old Cam McInnes is. He looks about 54, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think what you mentioned about Robson, he is a better hooker. He can't play lock. He can't play in the middle of the field. He shifts to lock every now and again when Granville comes on the field. So I don't mind it, but I, yeah, I you're think right. Cam McInnes like, is better. Like Cam McInnes has that mongrel that you need in state of origin. Robson doesn't. Oh. So, yeah. I mean, imagine that bloke smiling at you with the tooth missing. You'd shit yourself. Like yeah. Cam McInnes is just one kind of mean looking dude. So I'd, I'd pick I him in a heartbeat. Thought, that's how all New South Wales people look though, right? <laughs> yeah, just... I'm going to let that one through to the keeper. We'll move on. Uh, Brayley, Brayley, 77. Britton Nicara, everybody bought him this week, 76. And Hamlin, Ueli, and Wilton, 73 each. I mean, look, funnily enough, we haven't mentioned one member of the back line in the Sharks, in the winners. Yep. We've got guys like Mulatalo who got 66. Talakai got 51 and bombed the most sure try I have ever seen in my life. Just clean, no one on him. Could have walked it over. Could have wormed it over. Uh, and so he would have ended up with 80. That cost him 29 points, that error. So yep. 51 as an owner, are you upset? 
No, but he left a lot of points on the table. Jesse Ramian, I'm an owner of Jesse Ramian, and Mark uh, wants to know what my reaction was when Ramian got that intercept. Yes, I was very happy. Uh, I did. You can ask my wife, actually. I jumped up from the table having dinner because I heard the try and went around and jumped around the corner to see the TV, and it was Ramian streaking off into the uh, into the try line. So, yeah, very happy. Otherwise, he would have got 12, and I would have been very upset. And uh, Sione Katoa, 40. So they, none of these guys really kind of did well. I don't know whether he's a bum. I mean, we were talking about him four weeks ago as maybe a buy. Yeah. Lucky and look, didn't getting know. 50, it's fine. I tell you what, the Bulldogs were so bad in the middle that it made the back line not relevant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. so bad. They were awful. Nico Hines just literally turned one under to Hamlin Ueli, and he just went straight through, went over the top of Reed Marnie and scored under the posts. I'm like, how bad can your middle defense be? It was like they didn't bring any props onto the field. It was horrendous. Uh, Patolo, 17. A lot of people brought him in. Chris Patolo uh, for the Bulldogs is a bit of a cheapy front row forward. Yeah, he was he was pretty popular. He was in the top 10 most bought this week, uh, and he only got 17. And that's why you don't chase cheapy kind of plodders in the front row forward because now probably people have gone maybe Pele or Welch or someone like that to him, and now you've got another AE nightmare on your hands. So I know people, oh, the Bulldogs are quite high on Patolo, but didn't work out this week. Maybe it does in the yep. future. I'll tell you who I'm concerned about, though. Jacob Karaz. 25 he got. I'm really glad I, mean, I don't own him. <laughs> I, I got him back. Didn't even play him and then traded him. Like, yeah. I got him back a week early, and then he wasn't named with that forearm fracture or whatever, and uh, or for elbow issue or whatever it was, and uh, traded him out without playing a single minute for me. How oh, good. What a, that's the definition of wasting a trade. Yep. He's getting dropped to 450K again. I think he's talented, but I think until the Bulldogs, I suppose, start playing better footy, it just goes to show that you don't want people from his team. Um, Reed Marnie, Hook is probably one of those positions, then yes, he does a lot of extra work, and it wasn't too bad. Like, I was going to be happy with his 50 or whatever uh, for Reed Marnie at his 400K or whatever he is now. Um, but, yeah, I suppose Hookers do a lot more work when – they're getting trounced. Yeah, well, that I mean, even him, he got saved with a junk time try, 67 yeah. he finished on. Yeah, uh, but he was going to be getting 50, which I suppose I I honestly would have been happy with from Reed Money. Yeah, and, and look, I don't expect anything more than 50 from him these days because he's my second hooker. Uh, I'm going to – I've got Cook in my other hooker spot at the moment. I'm probably going to go Cook to Grant for the run home, so I don't, I don't give a shit about what Marnie does for me. He can just stay there for the rest of the year as a backup in case I need him one day. So, no concerns I good, there. I got a good question for you from Fourth World. Uh, when Kickow is back for the Dogs, is he a buy for the run home? I'm going to say no. I'd rather no. somebody like Sean Lane or somebody that's playing in a team that's playing decent footy. Yeah, I'm not. No, nah, I'm not going near Kickow, especially on the Bulldogs. Like he was made to look good at Penrith, and don't get me wrong, he's not a bad player. But I feel like even from what we saw from him pre-pack injury, he didn't really get himself involved in the game that much. Um, so, and it's going to take him a long time to kind of gel with Burton and gel with those guys again after this injury. So no, he, he's a fade. Hopefully he'll be a guy that we can consider in round one in 2024 priced at about 410,000. Oh, I salivate at the thought of that. Cause I think the Bulldogs will get better. They're making steps in the right direction. They've had some really bad injuries and stuff that's happened. Um, yeah, look, Let me, they, they will be good one day. Not this Let year. me tell you who else I'm looking at round one, 2024, Angus Crichton. 
who will be probably <laughs> mid 400s. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that. Right. Yeah. And we were about to pay 690 for him at the start of this season, funnily enough. And then uh, everything happened with him. So, But if the Roosters were good, yes, I would have got rid of him at 600K, just like I caught that little bit of a loss or the small rise on cheese that I did. Um, but somebody that you do own, Jacob Preston, scored 46. Mm. Are you worried about it? No, nah, I don't think so. Look, at the end of the day, if he goes and gets a couple more of these scores and they look ordinary, I might try and upgrade him to someone for the run home. I might even look at going. And originally my plan was to go Preston to Payne Haas for the run home and then bring Tohu Harris down into my 2RF. I I could make that play. I've probably got the cash there and he's around the right price. But do I need to? I mean, he got 80 odd last week. And now he got one score of 40 after getting 60s and 80s for the pretty much most of the season and people are looking at selling him. No, I, I'm okay with him. I'll, I'll ride the wave. And the fact that he plays 19 is also really valuable. So I'll probably hold him for that and reassess around 20. I feel the same. He scored 46 in an absolutely, an absolute bloodbath, to be honest. Mm. How good? Yeah, How he's break even? Um, I'm happy with Preston's score. Yeah, definitely. I'll take it. I'll take it. Especially on a major buy round as well. Uh, this one from Ian Pappenhausen, round one, 2024, hopefully 600K. That'd be nice. And Roger Tuovasa-Shek. Where where does he play? Where does RTS play for the Warriors? Does he play centre? You can't drop Charles Nickel Klockstad, can you? Charles Nickel Klockstad is now my boy. Absolutely love that guy. Um, I'm not sure what happens. Maybe they just work a way around it. Uh, maybe that they... I don't think they drop him. I think if Chance takes a step out of line at all, then it's he won't Rogers, though because it's chance. Play the centers. Chance is a gun. Chance is a yeah, gun. I'll, I'm a big fan of chance. Big fan. I, I think RTS plays center personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, does that mean you get him then? It's RTS. Like it, you, maybe I'll watch, maybe he won't be around one pickup for me, but uh, that could, I could regret it. Anyway, we'll reassess in round one, 2024, won't we? That'd be At least if he gets center eligibility, <laughs> Um, I'm a lot more likely to get him. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, very quickly, the Discord. Now, we've got a Discord server running, guys, for anybody who wants to get involved in all the fantasy sport chat, all the Supercoach chat. We've got AFL Supercoach, NRL Supercoach, BBL coming up at the end of the year. Uh, the AFL guys are doing some great content as well at the moment. And uh, we've just started the NBA, and we've got an NBA episode, NBA Fantasy Draft Preview with uh, Matty Garrett and our boy, Jakey Skidmore has hopped on and they've gone through the first 30 picks in the NBA. So if you're an NBA head or you want to get a leg up on anybody in NBA fantasy, check that episode out. It's coming out tomorrow. And then uh, we've also dropped the Discord invite into the chat. So hop in, have a chat with us, talk some super coach, talk some fantasy sport. If you're a punter or you like a bet here and there, we've also got a punting thread. So plenty of uh, good people in there and some good chat. So jump on in and get involved. Uh, Let's talk very quickly around 17, Matty. Three teams on the bye next week, Tigers, Bulldogs, Sharks. Could be a tricky week. How many, if you look at your team, how many do you have available next week? Yeah, so I've got 16 for next week, so we'll need to make a trade. Um, that's as long as Welch comes back and Ellie Katoa. Um, so, yeah, this Welch is back next week, right? Yes. Yeah, it was one week suspension, yeah. so he's back. Yeah, yeah. Welch is back. Um, Ellie Katoa, I suppose, I Expect him to be back. I do want to move Buller onto Turbo. Um, 
It's just this time of the year where I don't want these cash cows to drop in price. I, I yeah. look, I, I like Elliot. Um, is it time to get rid of Harrison Edwards? Is it time to get rid of Schuster? I suppose Harrison Edwards doesn't play this weekend. I'm probably going to use Schuster as a number. If he mm. drops in cash, if he drops 50K in cash, it's worth the 30 that he's probably going to get it. So, Yeah, I mean, he's 450K now, 440K roughly when he drops a little bit. Not the end of the world to hold him a week, I don't think. Probably have a 70-odd break even maybe. So could be worse for Schuster. I'll hold a week. I need the numbers. I'll only be trading out either players that aren't playing or Bulldogs, Tigers, or, uh, yep. or I won't be trading out any Sharks unless it's Ramian. I'll probably actually look to trade out Ramian this week. Um, yep. Kind of experiment that didn't didn't really work for me, but it got me a number. Uh, I'm, I'm in a bit of trouble next week, I think. Maybe a similar situation to you. Um, I need Damian Cook to back up from Origin. I need... Uh, who else have I got? I've got seven players out on the buy. Plus, I need Cook to back up. I need Moses to back up. I need Cody Walker to play through that injury, that quad injury. And I also need Greg Marju to play. Otherwise, I honestly could end up with like 14 next week. Yep. And then I'm also relying on Matt Dory to play. So next week could be tough. And I'm really glad I made some good moves this week and got ahead because I could lose what I've gained, I think, next week. Yeah, I think that you might move up a couple thousand spots, maybe into the 3,000s this week, whereas I'll probably drop outside of the 10,000 uh, from about six or 7,000. So we'll see how we go. Um, anyway, we've made, the, we've made the right moves up to this point. You have one bad week and then you look at next week and there's a bit of a silver lining, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. I think at the end of the day, you can make your ground back up next week with a lot of teams that have gone heavy on round 16. So uh, cash in next week and try and make some moves to get back ahead. Uh, let's talk trade thoughts, mate, before we wrap things up. What are you thinking for next week? Mate, I'm going to get Turbo in, 100%. Um, I've already decided Buller out just as soon as the eye test. He just didn't look as good with those playmakers. Appy and Luke Brooks are, you know, some of their best players. I'm not Luke Brooks' biggest fan, but he's still a decent footballer and he was good for Buller. Um, I don't know. I'm looking at someone like Adam Elliott. It depends. I might just end up nothing, Edwards, to be honest. But if I was looking at anyone, it might be Adam Elliott. Um, I'd love to get rid of Schuster. I don't really know. I think I'm going to hold Schuster and Billy Smith, even though I don't want to. Enough Edwards. I've still got Welch, Tarpany, and um, Welch, Tarpany, and Tohu Harris. So. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'm with you on the Buller train. Buller to Turbo is very, very attractive to me right now. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think Smith. Uh, I feel like Croker. I'll want to move eventually, but next week he plays, so I'll keep him. Billy Smith, same thing. Uh, Buller doesn't play. Raymond doesn't play. Schuster does. I need to get rid of Dory. And also we've got Harry Edwards as well who won't play. So, I mean, I've got the option. I think I'll probably do the same thing as you and maybe nuff him out, but maybe try and find a front row forward that plays round 19 only and then will disappear. So that's the idea of enough for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about. Try and find a guy that's going to pay the major buy round and then disappear so they're not an AE nightmare and ruin your loop. And it um, could be like someone like Frank Pelé or somebody along those lines. I think Pelé's back in the team now. So yeah, but is that only because Harry Edwards was out? Yeah, maybe, could be. Yeah, could be. Um, I think he was named with Harry Edwards though. Okay. Cool. I think he was on the bench when he was named at thirteen. Anyway, um, I'm thinking next week my moves will be Buller to Turbo, and then Ramian 
I'm not quite sure who I want to get. I tell you what, Daniel Tupo, I don't mind the option of Daniel Tupo. It just depends how much cash I have. If I've got enough cash to get up to Gagai, I'm going to Dane Gagai. Because I feel like that guy, his base attacking upside, Pong is looking awesome. I'm just a little bit concerned. Maybe I'm over-investing in Knights players with Marju, Ponga, and then Gagai. So that's something I'll have to consider. But Ramian is an upgrade to somebody who could be my fifth center wing. It will probably be that second trade, I think. Yeah. You know I don't have a Knights player. Don't have one. I didn't even have a a Sharks player up until this week. So, Yeah, fair. Okay. Interesting. Uh, lucky you got Nico in this week, eh? Yeah, I do like. It's been a very sad week. Ian Johnson had a pretty good point. If I wasn't looking at to getting rid of like Harry Edwards or somebody, if I had yeah. enough money to go Ellie Katoa to Val Holmes and Buller to Turbo, I'd do it. But I think I'm just going to be too short. Yeah, I, I mean he's what seven oh eight now, isn't he? Seven oh eight k. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Val, and he's one you can just basically hold for the run home and know you're going to get some good scores from. So don't don't hate that option. I feel like maybe there are some others. Uh, I haven't done a deep dive on this right? week yet. Yeah, he one more round. One more game. Yep. We've got to rely on him to back up 17 and 20, though, so maybe he gets a rest. Who knows? Just got to keep that in mind. Uh, Ian's also asked earlier. We missed it. Uh, he's got 1041, ranked at 8,000. <coughs> Nico Captain, where do you think he goes after lockout? You'll probably see some green arrows at 1041, I think. Yeah, uh, especially with the amount of teams that went sub 13 players this week. So, yeah, you might move up a thousand you, spots, something like that. I reckon you could be up a couple of thousand, maybe 6,000 by the end of the week. That'll be my guess. But, um, good week regardless. Uh, all right. Very quick question from Robbie Starr Who are the top four 2RFs for the run home? He thinks Hopgood, Nicara, David Fafida. Not quite sure on the fourth. What are your thoughts on I'm this one? I'm not bit of a, sure Hopgood is 100% a top. Four second row forward, obviously for feeder. Um, I don't know. I have been really put onto the spot. Um, I think it just depends Fafida, if you're counting jewels because Tino yeah. is up there. If you're playing Tino and you're two RF, like he could be a guy that you want for the run home over Payne Haas potentially. The problem is he's just so expensive now. Yeah, and I'm hoping somebody like Hamoli or something comes from the from the fences or maybe a Sean Lane or a Maddo maybe than Hopgood. Hopgood's a good play. I'm just – there's just too many question marks in that Eels pack. Nikara, yeah, I suppose he looked good again. Fafida, yeah. The I, only thing... a, I think it'll be Hamoli or somebody like that. Hamoli or Lane or a Maddo. Stopping me from going with Keon Kalamatangi is the Rabbitohs round 20 and round 26 by. Um, that, that hurts. But uh, I like Keon as a player. So if the, if their draw wasn't, I mean, don't get me wrong, they've they've got a really nice draw when they play, but just having one less game kind of hurts. So not overly keen on that. Uh, I'm just looking through the two RF options. Really, it's kind of skint. Like it's for feeder is your two RF one. You got a guy like Tino, you could play in front row or second row. Uh, I mean, Paddy Carrigan's averaging seventy three this year. Maybe he's an option. You get seventy in base every single week. Corey Horsburgh. The only one to is talk a popular about option. him after. You only want to talk about him after Origin. Correct. You know what? Still looking at that Storm draw, somebody like Ellie Katara or someone could just fly through. One of these 500K blokes could just fly through, like Hamoli, Ellie Katara, someone like that. Yeah, that's why I went with Hamoli Olakawatu. I think there's upside there for him. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we're going to do a, a full show 
very soon over the next week for anybody who missed it at the start on players to target for the run home in each position from each team. So we'll go into a fair bit of depth there so that you can start planning your team out for the run home. Otherwise, mate, that basically wraps us up for the Sunday sesh. Thanks for hopping on, guys. We appreciate it. Thanks for all of your comments and questions. Hopefully we answered them all. Uh, if you haven't yet, jump into the Discord. We always do a Q&A. Uh, throughout the week and we always answer all the questions that come in and we've got a really good community now so jump on in have a chat with us otherwise we will be back for tlt uh tuesday night probably around 7 seven thirty, as we always are and yep. uh we'll talk through all the teams on tuesday and probably all the carnage that's ahead but until then we will see you on tuesday have a good one catch you later cheerio